A great one. Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Oh, no, 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 it's not. Chris Walton out today, filling in. Rick Worthington. Thanks I'm just here to make up the temperature and, uh, you know, you're argue make with it you from up? time to time. Oh, really? Yeah, you're going to make It's easy to look and just see. You don't have to make it up. Well, that's what I'm accused of from time to time. <laughs> so what the heck? Um, How you doing there? Crazy weather. Um, we saw what we're going to see about 30 degrees warmer over the next few days than what we saw um, last week. Uh, here we were wintertime and it was freezing outside. Uh, overnight lows down to 11. A little bit of a swing there in the old temperature. 31 now. And uh, even by, I think it was Wednesday I saw, could possibly see close to 70. Yeah. Before it cools down again. It hasn't, been, uh, it hasn't been a fantastic uh, week behind us. Um, at least at the Worthington household. I was getting some cement work done, kind of extending my driveway a little bit. Well, that's not good to do when it's 11 degrees. That's what I'm night. saying. There were, there were workers supposed to be at my house several days last week and got a call from project manager like, look, man, it's too cold. Yeah, you can't. We'll see you tomorrow. You can't maybe. pour cement when it's 11 degrees yeah. outside. That's they not come rolling up about 3.30 in the afternoon when it's finally 33 or 34 degrees, and they're like, well, we're going to try and get something done today. <laughs> okay. Good luck, fellas. But honestly, who would want to work in uh, you know no. subterranean temperatures like that? It's crazy. Phone lines are are open this morning, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you want to get through this morning. Uh, also, those are good numbers to remember uh, because we have your final uh, couple of chances today and tomorrow to see the Boise State Broncos, the number one place, Boise State Broncos, who if they win tomorrow night will win the Mountain West. At least a share. At least, At least a, share. a share of the it, Mountain West. It's still a win. Doesn't matter. It's still a win. Mm-hmm. So, a huge game tomorrow night. It's also senior night. It's also the final home game that you're able to watch this very special team play. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic game against uh, UNLV on uh, Saturday high night. high on this team. I, I really am. And I don't blame you. I don't blame you. My problem with Boise State has never been the regular season. The Broncos are pretty consistent 20-game winners during the regular season. My problem with the Broncos has been what they do in the Mountain West tournament and then failing to get to the NCAA tournament. That doesn't they don't have to worry about that this year. They're in. Everybody I mean, we think so. Everybody has them in. They can they can Lose the final two games in their first game in, and they said they're in no matter what. Yeah, I've heard that as well. I'm not so sure. But I, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I'm not so sure you you could lose all those games and uh, and still make the tournament. But I like the idea of them doing well in the postseason, getting through the Mountain West tournament, and actually hosting, yeah. a, a, getting up a trophy. You know, let's win a Mountain West tournament. Yeah. Let's let's take care of business tomorrow night. Win the uh, regular season, and then I mean even even going into Colorado State, which is another very good team, which beat Boise State once already, and yeah. it's hard to play at Colorado State. Um, you know, e- even losing that game, unless they get blown out, um, that's not a bad loss when the NCAA committee yeah, looks at it. There, it's not a bad loss. I agree, and more than that, Colorado State really needs the win. I mean, it's not. For sure that there will be more than two bids in 
for the Mountain West this year for the NCAA tournament. That's right. You and I have a bet and on that, kind that of, right? Yeah, we do. Yeah. I said... You said two. I said, I said at two least or less. Three. You said, said at least three. three. Yeah. So uh, there it, could be four, depending on... The, I mean, San Diego State is in the worst shape, and they're still um, ranked right up with Boise State as far as mm-hmm. seeds. And I'm talking Jerry Palm, CBS yeah. Sports, and, and seeding. Right. Um, yeah, the Lenardi uh, bracketology that I saw last week had San Diego State out, but Colorado State and Wyoming in. So, and then you would be correct, a three-bid league. Yeah. I'm still not sure that's the case. I mean, especially when you start looking at what the ACC and the Big Ten. Well, the things, the things what, that can screw that up. What they do during up, tournament time matters. Yeah, the things you know. that can screw that up are what happens in the tournaments. Yes. So if a team who has no chance of making the NCAA tournament wins their conference championship. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. That's a bid that goes away from an at-large team that might have made the tournament had everything worked out the way it was and you see this crazy we're seeing this craziness right now on saturday for the first time in ncaa basketball history it's never happened before the top six teams all lost on saturday in that seven of the top 10 lost on saturday does that give you kind of an idea how much parity there is in college basketball this year gives me an idea again we're going to see a really good it's going to be fun to watch the conference tournaments as they play out and i don't I really believe you're going to see some of those teams that would not get in the NCAA tournament otherwise are going to win a, a couple of conference tournaments out there and knock some teams out. So San Diego State, in my opinion, won't get in. It's the Colorado State-Wyoming, that battle for who is the next best seed in the Mountain West. You know, The other thing that could be I... Fun. Could be the, fun to turn it out. The other know? thing that I really like about this team and why I think it's special is... And Boise Satur- State? Yeah, Boise okay. State. It, and Saturday proved it. Um, because they can play any type of game. They can play a defensive game, as we saw earlier with San Diego State, where they let, didn't let San Diego State even score 40 30, points. 37 points in the game. 37 points impressive. in the game yeah. is amazing. And then on Saturday, Leon Rice let him run up and down. He said, I'm not, I, when they started running up and down the court, I wasn't slowing my guys down. The over-under for that game was 127 points. Wow. They ended up scoring 162, and they huh. just showed Boise State said, all right, we can run with you. We'll we'll play an offensive game, and they did, and that was impressive because you don't very often see teams. They're either a defensive team or they're an offensive right. team. It's hard for them to play both styles, and Boise State proved against UNLV that they could play both styles and keep up. Well, I think we'll see if – here's the critical piece to me, and it's something that we talked about early in the year, and they've corrected it since. Shooting from the free throw line well, is very, very important in – tournament play and then on saturday they spit the bit yeah yeah (laughs) all of a sudden they couldn't make a foul shot there therein lies doing well yeah therein lies a very big issue for me you've got to be able to make your your shots from the line if you can make your shots from the line at a 60 70 percent clip you're probably going to win those games but if you're shooting at 40 percent oh that can man that can that will bite you fast i mean if they would have made just 10 of their was it fifteen? Yeah. Ten, if they just make ten of their fifteen, yeah. they they end up winning by ten more points. They they score ninety seven points. So yeah, foul shooting. It's just weird how that came and went. I mean, they've been shooting foul shoot shots very well last six seven games. I know we just talk sports, right. but I've got some other things. There's that there's other we sports need to talk going about. on. Yeah. Um, it's time for an update on sports with Rick Worthington. 
It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian, the place to go for uh, lunch. Get in today. Find out why it is rated number one deli in Idaho, Fat Guys Fresh Deli. I'm so sorry, Mike. I mean, I know you're going to spring training or to shut up. You're going to where they would be talking. Don't be jinxing me. Don't be jinxing me. Despite a long day of conversations between the Major League Baseball executives and the uh, MLB Players Association, Sunday, ESPN is reporting the sides are still very far apart on a new collective bargaining agreement. The way I hear it is they're not even in the same galaxy. Dang it. Players Association wants big improvements, and as the owners always do, they want to keep the amount of money that they've got coming in. They don't want to give any of it up. Six hours of meetings came and went on Sunday, and the league-imposed deadline will trigger the cancellation of regular season games if they don't have a big meeting and big agreements today. Chances of that happening are slim and none, my man. They are not going to come to an agreement on all the things that they have uh, to, to work through. So here's what I'm trying to tell you, Mike. If they don't have an agreement by the end of today... They're going to cancel the first week of Major League Baseball season, which starts March 31st. They want to have four weeks of preseason games or spring training before they start the season. So everything gets pushed back a week if they don't have an agreement in place today. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So the chances of you seeing spring training while you're in Arizona on vacation are not very good right now. Well, I guess that means I play more golf. I I'm guess okay. so. I'm okay if they tr- cancel the first week. I mean, because if they still have to have, I mean, I, they got two more weeks, I think, before yeah. it would affect spring training for my family who was going down there. Um, and as we all know, it's all about me and my family. Right. right. <laughs> I know that. Uh, so I'll just nutshell this, this for you. They've got a lot of things that they're talking about. It all comes down to money. How much money you pay them, how much money you pay these guys, how much money is the owner's going to take, how much money do the players actually get when they start playing. There's a lot of issues, but it's all about dollars and cents and how they break up that big pie. KBOI News Time is 617. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. He's Rick Worthington filling in for Chris Walton today. I'm Mike Casper. Phone lines are open at 208 336 pounds 670 on your Verizon Wireless. In addition to the Boise State tickets that we have for you for the final home game, senior night tomorrow night, hoping a, a really big crowd uh, to say goodbye to this senior class will uh, be there. We're going to help out. Your chance to win those tickets coming up here before 10 o'clock this morning. Also, I have a $50 gift certificate to Costa Vida that we will be uh, giving away. Costa Vida by the way, is our sweet deal of the uh, week coming up here this Friday. So uh, you get a couple of swats at the $50 Costa Vida gift certificate. One of them is free. We're giving those away all this week. And then Friday morning at 9 o'clock, as usual, for our sweet deals, it will be on sale for half price, $50 for only 25 bucks at KBOI.com. We'll be giving away today's $50 gift certificate with our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question. Also uh, on the way for you, Coming up a little after 8 o'clock, um, last week we had talked uh, a little bit about this. The Washington legislature is uh, looking at charging a 6% surcharge on fuel that travels through their state or comes from their state into Idaho. Really? Yeah. Oregon, nice. Idaho, 
uh, Alaska, and as you would expect, everybody was uh, pissed off. Well, I hope they do it. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I hope they do it. Why do you want? Why do you want to be paying more for because your gasoline? Because Idaho still does not have a refinery, and well, Idaho needs a refinery, my man. Well, Idaho doesn't have a refinery because we don't have any oil in our state. So why would we have an oil refinery to refine oil we don't have? That is a fantastic question. Yeah, that's, I think there are lots of ways to get oil. Including, uh, but you would still have to send. So this six percent tax, even if we had an oil refinery, would still get charged because if you we were have bringing in oil, if we were bringing gas from Washington, no, oil, even oil, or because or oil. You, you would or have to oil have, from yeah, Washington. You would have to have oil come to the state to refine well, it. Let's bring it in from Wyoming because we let's don't bring have, it in from Utah. We don't let's bring have it in from wells. other places. We don't have oil wells. That's the problem, and it would be massively expensive to build another oil pipeline and would biden even allow a pipeline to be built right now to bring oil from either the coast of washington or from utah uh, into north idaho well these are great questions mike all i'm saying is that in order to make gas cheaper in order to bring more jobs in that particular industry it would be nice if Idaho had its own refinery. Well, it'd be nice if I, Idaho could drill for oil, but unfortunately, we just don't have oil reserves. We don't have in any. State. Yeah, we don't uh, have any oil here. I don't believe. We I thought have, there was shale all over the place. I don't believe we have uh, that. I know of. We don't have any oil production facilities. I know in we the do have a lot of natural gas. Do have that? Um, but um, I, I don't. We've know got gold. About we've it. got so we've got other things. Sure we have we, do. we have something coming. Um, Idaho sits on the largest reserve, and I can't remember what it uh, is called. Um, our largest reserve in the nation that um, would be available for uh, rechargeable batteries. Sure. So it, that's one area that you could possibly look at um, through the, uh, I think it's the Chalice Sawtooth Range. There's a huge deposit of that mineral there that would, would isn't being mined as of yet, but there's already, I think, half a dozen mining companies who have started the to begin talking about the production and getting that going, which we're going to need if that's, you know, heck you're, you're a vehicle right now that, uh, has a, a recharge. The, your new vehicle my, uh, is rechargeable battery. Yeah. Pickup truck. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, I'm, my neighbors give me a bad time about it all the time. They said, we can hear you coming up the street with that little hum. You sound like Knight Rider coming up the, up the road. <laughs> I heard it the other pretty day funny. you passed me. And it's pretty like, funny. It's, oh, you sound like it's an a, alien. It's a gas engine with a hybrid engine that's also included in my Ford F-150. It's called Power Boost F-150. It's 2021. It gets about 24 miles a gallon as opposed to the 14 that yeah. your pickup truck probably pretty, gets. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk with the uh, Speaker of the House, Scott Bedke, about this, what it means, what can be done about it, um, and we'll talk a little bit about it after 8.05. And once again, Scott Bedke will be on with us here on News Talk KBOI. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Rick, I buried the lead. Yeah, you did. I buried the lead. I, I, I said all the stuff that we have to give away and uh, probably one of the better things we have to give away, Black Crows tickets. I forgot to mention those. I love the Black Crows. Black Crows are going to be at Outlaw Field August 16th. We have your tickets that you will be able to win this morning. That's in addition to the 
tickets for Boise State basketball tomorrow night, senior night. It's and be a fun show, man. Yeah. Um, cool. Great, great band coming back once again. Uh, Outlaw Field, August 16th. Plenty of time to uh, plan for it. Plenty of time to win. So be ready to call this morning at 208 336 We're to give you that cue to call. We'll have a pair of tickets coming up once again before 10 o'clock. Lots of reasons for you to be able to win this morning here on News Talk KBOI. Keep in mind, if you want to get through, take part in the show. Easy to do, 208-336-3700. There you go. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless, toll-free 1-800-529-5264. You can also email mike at kboi.com. Just give you a, an update after the uh, Dow was up over 800 points on Friday. Hello. Down 461 points ahead of the opening here in just about an hour. Oh. Yeah, not not looking good so far. Um, there was a possibility, today's the final day of February, if the stock market had another uh, up day that February, as bad as it was, could have ended up on the uh, upswing. But as of right now, that's not looking too good because, as I mentioned, we're down over 400 well, points on the Dow so far. You never can tell what, what happens with the stock market, but we'll, we'll see. So, so <laughs> far this year, uh, you can't tell what's going on in the day. We could yeah, be down I mean, 400 points now and still end the day up 500 points. We could points. be up 400 points yeah. by the next hour. Yeah. I thought when you said you buried the lead, I thought you were talking in regards to politics here in Idaho. I thought you were talking about Idaho's lieutenant governor speaking at a uh oh her a conference her by, recorded speech for the yeah uh, the uh, uh there it's it's a conference that was organized by somebody who is a white nationalist yeah so once again the lieutenant governor making me shake my head and say what in the Holy smokes, are you doing? What on God's green earth possessed you to go and speak at that? What in the hell, Mike? Well, definitely tells you where her political ambitions lie. Right? I mean, if you're speaking at that. You're stupid. (laughs) you got to be just bottom of the dirt dumb to do that. Anybody with political aspirations can't go speak at something that's been organized by a white nationalist. Well, case that unless that's your base that you're trying to go after. Well, which, good luck getting elected yeah. to anything. KBOI News Time six can't even get elected to the PTA. Six thirty-seven. How do you really feel? I'm just saying. That's what I thought you meant when you said you buried the lead. <laughs> no. I buried the lead with the black my best my our best stuff we have to give away this uh, you're morning. Guilty twice already, yeah, Casper. Whatever. Uh six thirty seven. Tonight at ten, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. Phone lines are open, 1-800-529-5264. You can also email Mike at KBOI.com. Text us, same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Day five of the Russian invasion into uh, Ukraine going on as of right now. Gas prices, I heard this morning on the way in on one of our uh, shows earlier. Um, So far, haven't seen too much movement here in Idaho, um, but they said wait seven days because it's coming Um nationally gas prices have risen 10 cents a gallon mm-hmm. on average over the uh, last week but uh, apparently that's going to be hitting idaho very soon yeah and the rest of the nation depending on what's going to be happening the rest of this week in ukraine um also 
could be seeing a big jump in gas prices. I expect that will happen. Oil is up uh, 80 cents uh, a barrel again this morning, hit over a dollar last week. I know the president did release uh, quite a bit from the National Reserve to try and keep prices down a little bit. Um, I'm not confident that that alone will will do the job. I expect that we'll see, you know, a a bump five cents or more here in the next week. Well, and it depends on, I I hadn't seen how much he released, but the last time he released, uh, I, I think, 50 million barrels um, here a few months ago, and that was enough for two days. Your memory on it is way better than mine. I don't, I don't remember that at all. But I, I can tell you, releasing some oil from the reserve does help keep the price down a little bit. How much he'll have to release in order to get it to go down or stay where it's at, I don't know. Yeah. But I don't expect that to happen. So and neither do you. So no, that's all right. I, it'll it'll be interesting to see. Um, we might get some clearance on uh, what's going to be going on. President's President Biden's uh, address to Congress and the nation happens tomorrow night with the State of the Union address. You'll be able to hear that here beginning at six p.m. Coverage from ABC News um, that will be going on. By the way, on uh, six seventy KBOI. Correct. And then uh, the basketball game, can't miss that. That's senior night. Um, that will be going on 93.1 FM. So you got a chance to listen to either or. If you, know, if you want to hear what the president has to say, um, you can listen to the uh, State of the Union. Or if you want to listen to the basketball beginning at 7 o'clock, you can uh, listen to that here on All 93.1 I like it. FM. Or just go back and forth if you want to do that, I guess. KBY News Time is uh, 6.45. Let's get another check on what's going on with sports this morning. Brought to you by Fat Guys. Fresh Deli and Meridian, open every day, Monday through Saturday, 10.30. You want uh, soup? You got soup. You want salad? You got salad. You want what they're known for? Sandwiches or wraps? You got that. You can get everything if you want. Uh, 30 different sandwiches for you to choose from. Get in today for lunch. Fat Guys Fresh Deli, just off Wells Avenue in Meridian. Glad you brought up basketball. The Bronco basketball team picked up a school record-tying 14th conference win and a record 7th road conference victory by beating UNLV 86-76 to on Saturday night. Jab combined for 50 points with Shaver getting 27 and Kijab 23. Bryce Hamilton scored 25 for the Rebels. He hit his first seven shots of the second half, but then was held to two of eight. And Kijab said the defense adjusted well. Yeah, we just um, try to put two on him, make him a passer, get the ball out of his hands, and... Um, our coaching staff did a, you know, a great job of and walk through, walking us through that and how to do it. And you know, all we had to do was execute, and we did a great job of that. Tomorrow, the Broncos will host Nevada in the final home game of the season. A win will give Boise State at least a share of the Mountain West regular season title. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. There were lots of games played in the Mountain West. I'll recap for you. On Friday night, there was one game played. It was San Diego State winning at home over San Jose State, seventy-seven to fifty-two. Air Force went into New Mexico and lost 69-65. Wyoming defeated Nevada in Laramie, 74-61. And Colorado State goes into Utah State and gets victory, 66-55. There are two games on the slate for you tonight. New Mexico will be at Fresno State. And a big one, San Diego State at Wyoming. Go San Diego State! CBS Sports Net, 7 o'clock tonight if you want to watch it on uh, that's Mountain Time, by the way, so maybe you can catch that before you go to bed, Mike. What do you know? Um, I might check in on that. You might check, might check in, in on, on that. that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'd love to see San Diego State win that game, and then uh, Boise State wins tomorrow night, and then they win out. Right? Then they, then no they matter got what it. happens. That, yep. That'd be the deal. KBOI News Time is 647.
Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. On the way, as uh, mentioned, we have uh, Costa Vida, $50 gift certificate that we're giving away today for the Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question. Rick, tomorrow is our day. Fat Tuesday, my boy. Fat Tuesday, the last blast before the fast coming up tomorrow. Our question today has to do with Fat Tuesday, by the way. If you ride on a float in the Mardi Gras parade in New Orleans, you are legally required to wear this. What specifically is every single person required to wear while riding on a Mardi Gras float? And it's been this way uh, since Mardi Gras began. You know the answer? Be ready to call 208-336-3700 or pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. First person to get it correct, going to get themselves $50 Costa Vida gift certificate. It's brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. For help with your real estate, call 208-888-4128. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. That is a warning, not just to China, but to other countries, U.S. partners in the Gulf, like Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, countries like India, that have not criticized Russia for this invasion of Ukraine. The president made clear here, he believes if Vladimir Putin is not stopped here, he will be emboldened. He will be taking action beyond Ukraine's borders to try to recreate a Soviet empire. As bad as this has been so far with airstrikes across the country and Russian troops invading from three sides, it's believed that less than half the Russian troops massed at the border have actually crossed it. Most Russian air power has still not been unleashed. This is poised to get worse and to get bloodier. The Ukrainians have said they've turned aside some Russian advances, but they've also sustained dozens of early casualties and lost critical ground close to the capital. A uh, delegation... Uh, Ukraine uh, delegation meeting, uh, as of right now, as a matter of fact, uh, including Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky um, with Russian officials today. What are they hoping to to do? Get a um, ceasefire? Stop, I would think. Stop killing, you know, Ukrainian citizens. Um, so far, over 500 or over 400 civilians have been killed. That was as, as of yesterday um, during the uh, invasion. Um, sanctions continue. The uh, ruble has uh, plummeted 30%. Sanctions are having an effect. Yeah. Um, Russia's central bank raised its key borrowing rate from 9.5% to 20% in an attempt to shore up the plummeting ruble amid the uh, sanctions. Let me ask you a question, Mike. And I, I'm not being facetious. I, I want to know what your opinion and, and, and others are on this. Because I've heard a lot of people bash the president for the sanctions that he's put on on Russia. Saying but I'm not sure what else you, you can really they're do. Not, they're not hard, strict enough, or that no, they, don't, just, they don't think we should be sanctioning Russia at all. It doesn't really. It, it really doesn't matter. I mean, most people are bashing. Uh, let me backtrack just a little bit. Most conservatives are bashing the president over his handling of the situation with Russia and Ukraine. And I'm just not sure what else he can do besides sanctions. And let me back that up for a minute. Do you believe, Mike Casper, that the United States should be sending tanks and planes 
and troops and guns and bullets. No. Then what else do you need them to do? Um, I think I think you can send troops. Definitely not. I, I think you know nobody wants to see troops going into Ukraine supporting to them help support them against Russia with equipment. Yes, but nobody wants to see troops out there. Right. I totally agree. Nobody wants to see boots on the ground, and that that's not just us. That's our our Western um, allies. Uh, you know, Europe. And here here's the thing: it, if the United States was just doing this on ourselves, it wouldn't mean a whole lot. But with Everybody, all, all our NATO and our our allies, all of them are are doing this. I, we are Nobody talk- in NATO wants to send troops. No. We had talked uh, just off air just recently. Um, Europe has closed down airspace to Russian airplanes. I'm talking commercial, not okay. Uh, any commercial airlines, any oligarchs, personal airplanes are not allowed to fly over European airspace. I'm- so you basically close down. They're going to have to go a different direction. To get out planes yeah. out of, of Europe for that's, commercial that's flights, yeah. My my point is, if if you don't want to send troops, maybe you want to send equipment. Maybe you want to send, you know, maybe you want to arm Ukraine. I'm just not sure what outside of sanctions you really can legitimately do right now to have an impact on what Russia is going to do or what the opinion of russia is going to be on vladimir putin i'm not sure what else you can do but i hear a lot of people complaining i hear an awful lot of bashing of the president and i'm just i don't want to stand here and tell you that joe biden's doing everything right because i don't know that my opinion is you don't send troops you do not send troops so i'm not sure what else besides sanctions is the right answer here and so my question to you is if you really don't like what the president's doing is it because you just don't like the president or it's because you really think there's something else that can be done here? Yeah, I don't That's know. That's my question. I don't know what else. And and here, here's the other thing. It, you know, with your Western allies, as United States by themselves, can't make the decision by themselves to just go, we're sending troops. Yeah, because the allies would, Yeah, the that. allies would go, wait, wait, wait. We don't want a third world war and you're escalating this thing. So you have to work with our allies and the allies who are right next door you know don't want to see this i well, do that's agree the hiccup mike yeah you're I, right about that you have to do something that has an impact without escalating violence i do agree with one thing and and, and i'll say this because uh my wife had a chance to uh listen to former secretary of state mike mike pompeo speak this last week oh good and one of the things that he talked about was, tracy casper coming was, in on the program again <laughs> was was ukraine and what could be done and um pompeo said he goes he is a bully he's just an absolute bully and he goes the biggest fear is if you don't stop him at ukraine and he's allowed to take ukraine he's going to go well look they didn't stop me there let's go take poland poland's next or one of the other countries sure and he says he's a bully and if you don't stand up to bullies what happens they continue to do what they're doing that's right randy and boise good morning you're on news talk kboi Hi, Randy. Yeah, am I on? Yeah, yes. you are. Thanks for calling. Yeah, you were. So I was going to answer the question of why the conservatives think he's or what he could do more of. The problem is how he approached it. I mean, you go on air to the world and say, well, if it's a minor incursion, uh, it's showing the strength of him. I mean, the first thing he should have said is if you cross that border, that's when trouble's going to start. Not well, we'll look at it and see how far you go in. And he's giving himself an out because he doesn't know how to deal with this problem. 
Um, and then why are we still buying oil from Russia? Let's get, I think everybody thinks we should be back to our independence on oil from the United States. And they shut that off. I mean, we're buying, I heard somewhere in the neighborhood of 563,000 barrels a day hmm. from mm-hmm. Russia. We're the ones that are, we're the ones that are enabling to do this by supplying him with the cash. You know, I, I like your response there and everything you said right there made a lot of sense. Thank you for the call. Appreciate Thank you it, very Randy. much. KBOI Newstime 715. We'll talk more about this uh, today. Uh, if you'd like to weigh in, here's your chance to do it. Uh, go ahead and email Mike at KBOI.com. Uh, you can uh, also call us up at 208-336-3700. We'll uh, get to that coming up in just a little bit. Right now, though, time for another check on what's going on with sports. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian. Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a problem. I mean, not just because Tom Brady <laughs> took off. That's not what I was. They got more of a problem than that. They don't have a quarterback, so what, what yeah. could be bigger than that? I mean, that's a pretty big problem, but now they also don't have their Pro Bowl left guard. Allie oh, I Mar- saw this. Allie Marpet is retiring. He's uh, only, what was he, how old is 28 he? 28 years old. He wow. is a Pro Bowl left guard. He's one of the best in the business. At the peak of his career. And he's like, yep, Cub Scout out. Um he is considered arguably one of the top, if not the top, offensive linemen in that group. So why? Why? Uh, he did put out something on social media. It says, after seven formidable years with the Buccaneers, I've come to the decision to retire from the game that I've given that has given so much to me. Uh, this organization and the people surrounding it have helped not only fulfill a dream, but also helped build me into the person I am today. Screw you all, I'm out. No, I'm sorry, I just made up that last part. Uh, I've made Tampa Bay my home, and I look forward to serving this community in the years to come. But he does not at any point say in this statement what made him want to what made him want to get out of football. But we've known lots of people, Mike, who have been offensive linemen. And by the time you're done playing high school ball, you have a certain amount of, you know, I've been beaten up a little yeah. bit. And then when you get out of college, there's a lot more I've been beaten up a little bit. And after, you know, several years in the NFL, the amount of beat up that you've taken is pretty high. Well, you you watch some of the offensive linemen and defensive linemen who go into the Hall of Fame. And, I mean, they're not they're not super old, you know, and they're maybe going in in their 50s. Mm-hmm. And they have trouble walking to go to the podium to you know, ex- except because of how many injuries they've had. So I get, well, I get it. He's made quite a bit of money in his career already, and he's leaving $10 million on the table for this coming season to walk away wow. from football. So Can I go fill in for him? Buccaneers not only need a quarterback, now they got to fill the best offensive lineman spot on their line. KBOI News Time, 717. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 722, he's Rick Worthington. I'm Mike Casper. And uh, also with us this morning, Jeremiah Bates. We were just talking about the uh, Ukraine and uh, sanctions and uh, let's go ahead and talk a little bit more about the sanctions and, and uh, things that you know more about the uh, banking. Particularly, can you tell us what SWIFT is and what it means to sanction um, Russia on SWIFT? 
Yeah, I mean, essentially what we're seeing, and obviously futures are down a bit. We're off the kind of the lows that we saw uh, earlier. However, the just the sanctions that came down over the weekend were just, I think, more than anticipated because the the, the sanctions on the SWIFT basically are moving all of Russia or a lot of Russian banks off of the SWIFT messaging system. Um, was a big deal because there wasn't really a, a push towards that on Friday, but that certainly changed over the weekend. And what this really does is Swift is basically the Gmail for banks to do transactions with each other. I mean, borrow, lend money, swap assets. I mean, you name it, that's what primarily they need on. So you need these banks to have a a way that they can communicate with each other securely and reliably. That's what SWIFT does. So you got to think for Russia, if they have a bunch of assets that are held overseas and currencies that are not the the ruble, um, they're not going to be able to use SWIFT, which is going to make it really hard for them to spend those assets. And it's also going to be difficult for Russian com- to like pay for imports too. So let's say if they bought some type of, I don't know, something from some other country, like from Germany, uh, you need to pay for that machine in euros. And if you have a bunch of euros sitting around, you're going to have to swap your country's currency for euros. And if you don't have the SWIFT system to do that, it's going to make it very difficult them to do. So you're starting to see this sweet, uh, this squeeze of these sanctions. Number one, they're removing, um, uh, the ability for Russian banks to use the SWIFT, the SWIFT system, but also for freezing assets um, f- across seas as well. So if you start to see a bank run, if the Russian government can't really, they're going to have to start really uh, selling off assets to create liquidity to try to uh, shore up the, tum- the plummeting ruble and prevent a run on banks. That's where you're seeing them raising their key rate to 20% to <laughs> incentivize yeah. people to keep their money in their banks and not spend it. So we're starting to see this kind of come from all angles. <laughs> Also from the from the swift messaging system and from the central bank side too. So by by raising interest rate, basically what it means is that that's the the rate that you get if you have your money in the bank, right? Mm-hmm. So you're getting yep. paid twenty percent to leave it in the bank. Um, I'd like to see twenty percent interest rates here in the United States <laughs> in my bank account. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, yeah. Uh, instead of uh, what is it currently less than half a percent that I'm. Oh getting. yeah, point point zero one percent, right? But hey, you know, with the Federal Reserve meeting around the corner, it's uh, you know, a double edged sword of interest rates going up, right? So it's not going to move the needle much. But that's also a part of this conversation too, because now the, the the kind of the rumor is or the speculation is that the Federal Reserve may may not be as aggressive or high as front loading the interest rate hike come in March due to this uh, due to this geopolitical event that we're seeing. So it's going to be interesting to see how we handle that um, from an interest rate standpoint. All right, Jeremiah Bates, thank you once again. As you mentioned, uh, futures are down over 400 points ahead of the opening here in about five minutes. That's after being up over 800 points um, on uh, Friday. Um, if I, We don't know what's going to happen because it, we can see an 800-point swing today as we've seen in the past. But if we have another uh, decent update today, the crazy part is I saw that uh, February could be an up month after pretty, everything that's happened. Pretty wild to think about it. It just kind of goes to show, I mean, obviously we last week we talked about the kind of historical context of these, of these wars, ge- major geopolitical events. And... You know, reality is, is this going to uh, really hit our U.S. companies um, and their their essential ability to grow and things like that? I, not so much, right? Now, obviously, there are concerns about commodity prices and oil and things like that. That's certainly an effect, but the direct effect for most U.S. companies, uh, the market's kind of taken this in stride. But hey, there's still uncertainty, and we all know market does not like uncertainty. Yeah. So expect some choppiness today and throughout the week. All right, opening coming up here in just four minutes, and we'll get another update from uh, you coming up uh, next hour. We'll talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents.
Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 7.35, he's Rick Worthington, I'm Mike Casper, and to the phones we go again this morning, which, by the way, they're open. If you want to participate in the show, we encourage that type of thing at 208-336-3700. Matt Caldwell, thank you for being very patient. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning to you. Good morning, gentlemen. I get a kick out you guys are all worried about Ukraine when we should be worried about our southern border more than anything. We're pretty much the laughing stock of the whole entire civilized world just because we will absolutely do nothing to contain our border. And I, I don't, everybody's even brought that up. Foreign countries, Australia, Mexico. Why don't we sanction Mexico? I mean, that'd be a first start, right? Uh, sanction Mexico, maybe they might uh, do something about the border on their end. They aren't, just like we aren't. We're not going to do anything. Sanctions don't work. Everybody knows that. They 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 work. They kind of have an effect for a little bit, and then it fizzles. Always a way around a sanction. So, they, may I ask you time. a quick question? I, I'm just in in the relevance of time here. I needed to interrupt you. Sorry. Uh, if sanctions don't work, what do you do? Uh, sorry, be there. Yeah, if sanctions. Yeah. If sanctions aren't going to work, what do you do? Easy. Um, just do what everybody else does. Let the stock market handle it. It's going to make it. They're, they're, it's going to make it so difficult to do business over there in Russia that they're going to have to figure out a different way to do anything. And as you see, the rubles are dropping like crazy because of what's going on in, in Russia. Actually, the, ru- the rubles are dropping because of sanctions. Yeah. Rubles are dropping because it's of not sanctions. because of what's going on in Russia. It's because of the uh, the direct sanctions from the U.S. and our Western allies. That's so why in, the in, in that dropping. sense, you agree with what Joe Biden's doing because sanctions seem to have the most effect right now. No, the first thing I would do is immediately drop all ties with the uh, the gas thing. Open up the pipelines again. Make America the number one leading producer of natural resources, and that would destroy Russia immediately well that's that's good i mean that is a start you're absolutely right but you wouldn't put sanctions out or you would put sanctions out in in addition to this i I wouldn't do anything i would just let our power of our resources and natural thinking destroy something we don't like We've, we've done it in the past several times we put pressure in other ways other than getting involved which I'm I'm grateful for that the com- that our country doesn't want to get itself into a war um, by doing other means necessary to affect another person's economy. And it's I know I, hold on, hold on here. I want to, I want to talk more about this. Hold on just a sec. We need to take a break here. Um, we'll take a break. I, I have a couple more questions that I have for you. KBY News Time seven thirty seven. Day from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Matt and Caldwell still on the line with us uh, this morning. And just had a, a couple more questions. We apologize for running out of time, making you wait even longer. Uh, but just wanted to ask you, um, you think that we should not do any sanctions on Russia and let the stock market take care of it? Um, my question to you is, so what do you do, because NATO and our allies have all agreed on sanctions is the best course of action, so what do you say to NATO and our allies, screw you, we're going to do what we want, and you guys can do your sanctions if you want? Well, NATO's a joke, everybody knows that. 
Now, wait a minute. You say everybody knows that. That's that's absolutely false right there. Not everybody knows that NATO is a joke. You don't think we need NATO at all just to disband no. NATO completely? Uh, I, you know, NATO has little effect. I mean, when we're paying the bill for most of everything that NATO does, how does that benefit us? How's that? I mean, are we going to babysit every country in the world because they can't uh, do anything about their own infrastructure and policies? Well, I agree. Babysitting the world or being, you know, the cop of the world doesn't seem to have uh, helped us very much in the past. That is for sure. But, you know, if you're going to make a point, do what Trump did. Trump enacted policies to make sure that people would not do things in jeopardy of tensions with the United States. You know, the, the best the best example I can give is why are, what, if, if sanctions work so wonderfully, why haven't we done anything about China? We haven't done one sanction against China for anything of the atrocities they have committed for a long time. The genocide, uh, I mean, it, it, it's ridiculous. However, we have theoretically put the boot on our own neck because we heavily depend on China so much that we'll not do anything about it. You see what I'm saying here? They, they've got equal and adequate pressure on us to make sure that we don't do anything against them because we allow ourselves to be so dependent on a, on a system that's failed and flawed instead of actually taking action against these things and going after a lot of these politicians who are for it. If, if people were properly educated on how politicians think and try to pass these little laws with lobbyists behind them, this stuff would stop almost immediately, but we don't. We're, we're a carefree environment. We, as long as uh, we think government is doing its job, we look the other way. However, all these little back deals go on that destroy our country little by little, and it's showing its face currently in this world. Thank you, Matt, for the call. Appreciate it. I do agree with one thing, and, and shutting off oil, the, the over 500 thousand barrels of oil a day that we get from russia um now that would have a massive effect short-term effect on the gas prices if we did that but it would also have a huge effect on on russia so we would we would have to sit there and go all right we're okay paying six or seven dollars a gallon for gas on the short term until we can ramp up oil production in the united states you can't do that until you have a replacement for it yeah and unfortunately, we know that we don't have that right now. Time for a Sad but true. final check on what's going on with sports. Once again this morning uh, with Rick Ordon, brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Check out their uh, menu. You can do that online, fatguysfreshdeli.com. Let's talk Boise State basketball for just a moment. They've won 20 of their last 22 games, Mike. Not bad. They've Not tied bad. a school That's record. It's really good. They've tied a school record with their 14th conference victory after they won on Saturday night. 86 to, I'm sorry, 86 to 76 while they were at UNLV. Bob Beeler has more for us on that just as soon as I can get this darn computer to play. Here we go. The Broncos won a high-scoring game, shooting 53% and 46% from three. The 86 points was a season high in a conference game. Coach Rice said the offense really came through. Our, our defense gets us through a lot of different things, and 
um, just because the pace was faster, you're like, well, we're getting the good shots in transition, so you don't want to slow them down. And we want to score points. We still do, and we, we can show We showed tonight we could do that still. Marcus Shaver Jr. scored 27 in a boo jab, added 23 in the win. The Broncos can clinch a share of the Mountain West regular season title tomorrow with the win at home over Nevada. If Wyoming loses tonight, they'll go for an outright championship. Bob Beeler, News Talk, KBOI. So Boise State is in the driver's seat right now, and clearly they just need to not choke away the last couple games of the year, and they're going to have themselves a conference title or at least a share of one. So uh, basketball games were played over the weekend, just to give you an idea what happened. San Jose State beat up by San Diego State, 77-52. New Mexico beats Air Force, 69-65. Wyoming defeated Nevada, 74-61. Colorado State beat up Utah State 66-55. to Two big games tonight, though. New Mexico at Fresno State, that's not the big game. San Diego State at Wyoming. Go San Diego hand, State! That's a good one. And if San Diego State were to win that game, Boise State gets their share of the conference title without having to play yet. But they could take it outright if that happened, plus a win against Nevada. I like it. Could happen. Yeah. KBOI News Time, 748. 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington filling in for uh, Chris today, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Jim in Meridian. Thanks for being patient. Hey, You're on morning. News Talk KBY. Good morning, Jim. To good you. morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing well in a jet lag fog sort of a way. <laughs> I just. Uh, I just returned on Saturday from Russia. Ooh, got um, out uh, none too that. soon. No. Yeah. Well, actually, it was that was. It's quite a story. But uh, I've been there 22 times. I I uh, I train pastors over there and work with churches over there, and um, you know, it's fulfilling a, a trip that I had tried to make, and then COVID shut that down. So I've been three years since I'd been there. Um, everything was going great where I was. It's about 325 miles southeast of, uh, of Moscow. I was in absolutely no danger whatsoever. But uh, as soon as the uh, uh, first wave of sanctions hit, um, I got an email Thursday that my Tuesday flight out of Moscow was canceled already. So I figured I'm going to finish out the rest of what I had to do, which was going to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then um, you know head to Moscow on Monday to come home. And um, I probably would probably I figured I would probably wind up being there an extra few days or maybe a week before the State Department or somebody figured out how to get me out. But thanks to the help of uh, an outstanding organization that um, uh, some of my American friends who serve there all the time uh, work with, they said, um, you'd better get on any flight you can as soon as you can that will get you to some place that, um, that, that will get you back to the U.S. So um, for uh, just a, a little while on the Internet and uh, an obscene amount of money, <laughs> I booked a flight to uh, I, I booked a flight from Moscow to Dubai to San Francisco to Boise, and um, I, I managed to get out. You know, went uh, went and packed in twenty minutes. Uh, took a six-hour taxi ride to Moscow, and 
got out. So the, 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 the fun part of it is on one calendar day, I set a record I never want to break for myself. I uh, traveled over 12,000 miles through 12 time zones um, and got back to, uh, and, and got back to Boise. But I, I just, I had just heard the, um, the, the, pre- the beginning of the previous call and I hadn't heard anything else this morning, but um, I, I just wanted to say that to compare the problems that we have with our southern border, which are which are serious, which really need help, and yeah, we need to do that. But to compare that to a uh, crazed megalomaniac um, invading a, a, a country that has never, in any way, been a threat to his own, and um, and now even bringing uh, uh, the you know, nuclear. Uh, potential into the situation, doing exactly what Hitler did um, in Poland in 1939. And of all the irony, um, uh, Mr. Putin is calling the people of Ukraine, um, the, the, their leadership, uh, drug-crazed neo-Nazis, and he's, do- and he's doing to them what the, what the Nazis did. To make that comparison of our southern border to Ukraine now, right now just so diminishes the the import of the people that I know in Ukraine who are dying. Right. And uh, I, I mean, I, I, I that that just to me, that illustrates the the absurd illogic that people have these days of jumping on. You know, this is this is my issue. And right. so therefore, that's the most important issue. And Jim, I mean, so what? Yeah. So what if Putin got to run, man? Yeah. Thank, Thank you for the call. Okay. Thank you for the thoughts and sharing with us this morning. Much, welcome much home, comrade. Yeah. Welcome home. Spasiba <laughs> <laughs> Bolshoi. I hope that wasn't You cussing. can say that again. I don't know what you said, but okay. Shapiro this afternoon at one. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. We'll talk more about this in the nine o'clock hour. If you want to get in, here's your chance. You're president. What would you do? All right. You can email right now if you'd like Mike at KBOI.com. We'll talk more about this after nine o'clock. Coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Speaker of the House, Idaho State Representative Scott Bedke will be with us talking about the 6% imposed tax that passed the uh, Washington legislature or part part of the legislature last week. We'll get his thoughts on what Idaho can do to uh, stop that. That's coming up here after the top of the hour. Also on the way in 20 minutes, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. $50 Costa Vida gift card is yours if you can answer it. If you ride a float in Mardi Gras Parade in New Orleans, tomorrow's Fat Tuesday, by the way, you're legally required to wear this. What specifically is every person required to wear Beads. while riding no, on a Mardi not. Gras float? If you know the answer, stick around 20 minutes from now. And this has been required for decades. So if you know the answer, stick around on the way in 20 minutes. This is KBOI Online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 807 on the phone line uh, with us this morning, Idaho State Representative and uh, Speaker of the House, Scott Bedke. Thanks for uh, talking with us again. Good to talk with you this morning. Well, it's good to be on with you this morning. Uh, specifically, wanted to bring you on this morning. Last week in the Washington legislature, they, uh, a, a bill passed in the Senate and has now gone uh, to uh, a House committee, Transportation Committee, on a new 6% tax on fuel. Now, this wouldn't normally be a a big thing if they were going to raise the taxes in Washington. However, this doesn't raise the taxes on fuel in Washington. This proposed bill would raise the fuel 
on uh, tax or tax fuel sent to <laughs> Idaho, Oregon, Alaska. Uh, my first thing when I heard this, uh, my first question in my mind was, "What the he double hockey sticks?" <laughs> well, you and everybody else, uh, and and you heard it right, folks. This would put six cents on every gallon of gas, diesel, and jet fuel that comes across through the pipeline system or by truck out of Washington state to the neighboring states, Cal- or not California, Oregon and Idaho, as well as north to Canada. It has caused no small uh, fervor uh, in Alaska, Oregon, and Idaho. This is probably the, the first time in a long time that I can but I can remember that we're on the same page with uh, Governor Kate Brown of Oregon. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um, this is Democrat policy gone amok, but it's serious and it's for real. But let's let's talk about it. A, a couple of things here. I think that this is a clear violation of the Interstate Commerce Clause. Um, states from day one, colonies before that, uh, were not allowed to do this to each other. We ironed these things out a long time ago. And, you know, and for very good reason, you know, Alaska is already thinking of ways to retaliate on Washington state with the, you know, many of the fishing fleet uh, boats are are registered in Washington. And they're talking about, you know, putting a, a, another tax on Washington, Oregon, who shares, you know, bridges and back and forth across the Columbia and other types. They're, they're talking of ways to retaliate to Washington State. Idaho, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll think of something. But, but, and, but Idaho has a history here. Remember back when we used to charge, you know, every, every truck or car that's on the road in Idaho pays a registration fee. It mm-hmm. used to be that the trucks were, were charged by the ton and by the mile. So everybody had to keep track of their weights. They had to keep track of their mileage. And we had a bifurcated system in that we charged uh, interstate traffic. So stuff, so traffic that was going through the state was charged at a different rate than traffic that was staying in the state. And that was found to be unconstitutional. You know, this has been 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And uh, for the very same reasons, I am assuming eventually this will be, uh, you know, found unconstitutional as well under the under the Commerce Clause of the United States Constitution. This, in, you know, this this not treating each state uh, the same is is a violation. And you know what? We in the Pacific Northwest, I get along. I mean, we have so much more in common. But this, this, uh, you know, they think that since the, you know, some of the refineries are on Puget Sound, and that's where we source a lot of our fuel, particularly in the north and, and this part of the state, uh, you know, comes through those pipelines and down. That that, you know, that's this is just adds insult to already high uh, fuel cost injury. You know, gas prices are going up. And they want to, of course, you know, everybody, everybody knows that the best tax is the tax that somebody else pays. <laughs> and that's what they're trying to do here. And uh, it did, but it did fly through the Senate and it's over in the House committee. I, we have friends in the Republican caucus there in the, in the Washington House. And I'm told that this will be moved to the amending order so that that provision can be uh, removed. So there is some good there is some good news on the horizon. You know, our governor and uh, Oregon's governor, as well as Alaska's governor, have written 
letters directly to Governor Inslee. Uh, the, our legislature is is charged up on this, and we will, you know, we'll go to court if we have to, but we shouldn't have to. Friends and neighbors don't do friends and neighbors this way. You can imagine if you, you know, if you live in, you know, in the HOA or uh, or in a neighborhood, and your neighbor down the street did something that raised your taxes, you'd right. you'd be up in arms, and that's exactly what's happening here. Well, I guess, um, you know, potatoes is our big export, and I guess maybe we could raise taxes on potatoes that go to Washington State. But um, as you said, that would probably also be illegal, correct? Well, I think that it would be, plus that'd be, you know, the number two state in the United States for raising potatoes is Washington State. So the potato farmers up there would love it. Yeah. But I, uh, this is just folly. It's one-upsmanship. uh, you know, like I say, we got these things ironed out a long time ago. I think in the, in the, and there'll be plenty of precedent in the in the court system on the commerce clause, where, where, where states have not been allowed to do this to each other, right. and you can see where you know you know just think it through. Where does it end? And that's and so you can see why that you know it's been it's been pretty sound logic for the courts to put a stop to these types of things before they get started. Too so far. your your thoughts here, just before we let you go, um, best best case obviously is uh, they end it by themselves. And I know you're not in the legislature in Washington, but in talking to people over there, do you think this this will pass, or do you think it's going to go by the wayside? Well, I, I'm optimistic that it goes by the wayside. I've been asked to be on. I've, I've been on radio talk shows over in Washington. And had some pretty good discussions over there, at least if you can have that on the radio. But uh, with I, I'm optimistic that it falls by the wayside. Um, you know, it's it's just <laughs> well, I, like I say, I, have, I really have no words. It's stupid. Right. Okay, and I that, don't think that's that what we want to hear. Anywhere. We want you to be honest. It's stupid. <laughs> that's the best thing I, I, I think we've heard from you today. Uh, appreciate All it. Right. Um, House Speaker Scott Betke, thanks for taking a few minutes helping to explain this uh, a little bit this morning. Much appreciated. I'm sure we'll get to talk to you here again soon. All right. We'll see you. Thank you. Don't go away. Coming up here next, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. $50 Costa Vida gift certificate could be yours if you can answer our question. That's on the way right after Bronco Sports today. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question today. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Katie, you get first crack at our question today. We've got a $50 Costa Vita gift certificate for you if you can answer correctly. If you ride on a float in the Mardi Gras parade in New Orleans, you are legally required to wear this. What specifically is every person who who rides on a float required to wear? They're required to wear a mask. They are required to wear uh, a a mask because of COVID, right? (laughs) Kind of. No, it has nothing to do with COVID. (laughs) That's why I wanted to make it specific that... uh, People know that this has been going on since the 1800s, uh, that it yep. is illegal to not wear a mask. It has nothing to do with COVID. You have to wear a Mardi Gras mask so nobody knows who you are. So there you go. Float riders are required to wear the masks, uh, keeping with the mystery and tradition. Many crews, even, who crew the floats never reveal who their king or queen is. So congratulations. You got it correct. You've got a $50 gift certificate to Costa Vida. Hold on the line, okay? Thank you.
All right, we got uh, Costa Vida to give away all this week for our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. $50 gift certificate. Keep in mind, also, on uh, Friday, we have a sweet deal for you. Actually, we have, two a double sweet deal this Friday. We've got a $50 gift certificate to Costa Vida. We also have $50 in gift certificates to Blaze Pizza. Each of those is only going to cost you $25. By the way, both of those sell out very, very quickly. So set your alarm, whatever you have to do to remember, coming up at 9 o'clock Friday morning, you'll be able to go to KBOI dot com click on the sweet deals link and you can get uh one or both if you're quick enough the costa vita gift certificate or blaze pizza 25 bucks for 50 dollars worth of gift certificates stick around on the way we still have uh tickets to the black crows that we are going to be giving away coming up here this morning their concert august the uh, 16th and you can win those tickets coming up here sometime before 10 on the way in the next half hour We'll have a pair of tickets for you. Boise State, tomorrow night, taking on Nevada. They will be playing for first place in the Mountain West when they have at least a share of first place in the regular season. It is senior night. It is the last home game and a great way to show our seniors uh, the love and support and how entertaining this team has been. We'll have a free pair of tickets coming up here for you within the next half hour. Just be ready to call at 208-336-3700. We've got news at the bottom of the hour, and then Bob Beeler will be with us. Bronco Monday. We'll be talking about the latest basketball games here next on News Talk KBOI. This is Bronco Monday. We'll discuss the most recent Boise State game and talk about the upcoming schedule. Now here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob Beeler, on 670 KBOI. 8.38, he's Rick Worthington, I'm Mike Casper, and on with us also, uh, as usual, on Monday mornings, and we uh, talk about basketball and the latest uh, games, Bob Beeler, voice of the Broncos, with us this morning. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Bob. It's been, a, been good Mondays lately. Uh, yeah, and, and what, not only just a good Monday with the wins, um, been wildly entertaining games to watch. I, <laughs> love, the, I love the fact that you you got to play and see Boise State play two completely different styles of basketball against one of the uh, tougher defensive teams in the league with San Diego State and then come back and run up and down the court with one of the top offensive yeah. uh, teams in the league and do it with two different styles. Yeah, and I think that's what, when you look at, at this team, that's why they've won 20 of their last 22 games. That's why they're sitting in first place is because they can win different ways. And, and you look at the San Diego State game. I made a comment uh, there was a timeout early in the second half, and the score was 58-57. to 57, And I looked at Abe, and I go, this was the final from Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. And we had, I want to say, 15 minutes left to go in the game. <laughs> I mean, you look at 58-57 against San, San Diego State. Shooting percentages uh, for the Broncos, they shot 34%. Uh, and and San, and San Diego State actually shot better, forty six percent. But Boise State got to the free throw line more often, and that's why they won because they pounded it inside. And then in the second game, the game against UNLV Saturday night, they shot fifty three percent, forty six percent from three. They didn't make that many free throws. I thought maybe it was going to cost them there for a while. Yeah, I was afraid uh, of that too. Fifty two percent, thirteen of twenty five. Uh, but you know they shot the ball so well from the floor, and and. There was a stretch in the second half where Hamilton for UNLV is probably the best scorer in the league. Uh, he was averaging 27 over the last 11 games. He got 25. He made seven in a row. And then they adjusted some things with some double teams and traps and things. And uh, Hamilton ended up only making two of his last eight shots. So um, there was a defensive aspect to the game. But no doubt about it, Boise State won two games this past week differently. 
There are a couple of guys that have been shining for Boise State. I think Kijab is one of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dagenhart, I mean, he's got to be freshman of the year, hands down, this year. Uh, And, I mean, Shaver's really played great as well. And Acott's back and seems to be healthy-ish. Yeah, they used him as a starter. They brought him back as a starter. So I think he's, you know, after missing, you know, he missed four games. He was probably hurt two games before that. So you're basically looking probably three weeks where he just, you know, either didn't practice much or, you know, wasn't wasn't in shape. And I think he's sort of rounding into shape. And I think where he really helps out is defensively. He gives you that long guard, tall guard that, you know, is a tough is a tough matchup. You know, he got nine points, but he had six rebounds, three assists. He he does a lot of things that don't necessarily you don't see a lot of points all the time from him. Uh Shaver continues to make big shots. I mean, he had ten of sixteen and and I think Kijab's the heart and soul of this team. Twenty three, six rebounds, but he's the energy guy. He's a guy that, you know, rallies the team when they need to. Um, you know, last last game against UNLV it just seemed like whenever they needed a basket, because UNLV could score, somebody got it. And and you you know, UNLV was ahead a couple of times in the second half, but I don't think they held the lead because the very next possession, Boise State scored. They were yeah. up, you know, two at fifty five fifty three lost the lead. Fifty seven fifty six lost the lead. Fifty nine fifty eight lost the lead. Sixty two sixty and then lost the lead for good. The uh, encouraging thing about this also was that UNLV number one rebounding team in the league and Boise State out rebounded them. I think Boise State should be the number one rebounding team in the league, and especially on the offensive glass because they've gotten so many baskets where, you know, they miss a shot and then somebody gets a rebound and then they work it around and then they end up making the shot. What the, they ended up getting what ten or twelve points off of offensive rebounds or off of rebounds off of missed foul shots. <laughs> Which is just yeah. crazy. Yeah, because the uh, coach joked in the post game, and I think we'll have that audio here in a few minutes, uh, where he talked about you know trading one for three, you miss a free throw, and then you end up with a three pointer after you kick the ball out. So mm-hmm. this team is rolling. Just two games left in the regular season, guys. A win against Nevada, and uh, on Tuesday night at home on the last home game, and the worst Boise State can do is tie for the Mountain West Championship. No matter what anybody else does, the rest of the way, Wyoming has three games. Wyoming would have to win all three and hope Boise State lost one of the remaining two. Colorado State and San Diego State still have outside chances, but they're going to need a lot of help if they want to be in there. Big one tonight. Is that uh, yeah, San Diego, San Diego uh, State, Wyoming? If they Wyoming. win that, then Boise State doesn't. They they automatically then would have the uh, Mountain West no worse than at least a tie if uh, San Diego State. We all root for them tonight. Correct. correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and But here's the thing. Then you play for the outright championship uh, on Tuesday night. night. Yeah. Right. And I think that to me is even more impressive if you can, you know, if you can be alone at the top uh, of the standings. Uh, in the last seven or eight years, only twice has somebody lost two or fewer games in the conference. Really? More times than not, three and four losses during the season get you the championship now whether that's by yourself or whether that's sharing it with somebody but you know two games left nevada is a team that i think is underachieved all year but i love their talent i don't know why they haven't played that well i know they've had some injuries this year Uh, i think they're a team that does scare me because i think their guards have a lot of potential and then you go to colorado state that's going to be a tough game they were the preseason pick they won here. Now, ACOT didn't play, but they won here in overtime on Super Bowl Sunday. So, um, you know, 
not an easy schedule left for Boise State. I mean, it's not like you're just going to roll a ball out. And no, win. yeah. Well, and, and I guess the good thing is all year long, other than November, you know, <laughs> you, you look for letdowns, and they haven't let down no. against teams that they should beat, which is which is really good. It's all knock on wood right now. Okay. You've seen that. In the league this year were teams, I mean, look at San Jose State. You never would have thought San Jose State would have got their win. Uh, same with New Mexico. Um, it, against, so, against Wyoming. Against right? Wyoming. So yeah. it, it, as of right now, knock on wood, um, you know, hopefully they don't let down tomorrow night. I, I don't expect I, to see that on I don't, senior night. I don't, I don't think you'll see a letdown. If Nevada wins, I think it's going to be because their guards just went nuts, would yeah. be my guess. But, you know, I, I, do think, I do like the matchup for Boise State, and I think that – it would be so nice to see, you know, Nets cut down. At yeah, home. I totally agree. I haven't seen Nevada look very good at all this year. In the games that I've seen him play, and I went to right. Lawler and saw him play Utah State and get blown out at home. I mean, they have not mm-hmm. played well this year. I mean, they're six and ten in the conference, and they were picked third. They were picked ahead of Boise State. Yeah, so they had uh, the one, two, three were Colorado State. San Diego State was second. Nevada was picked third. Boise State was picked fourth. Wyoming was picked eight. Eight, yeah. We'll take, shows you what the pickers know. Yeah, not something. We'll take a break here. It is uh, 8.46. When we come back, uh, we'll hear from uh, head coach Leon Rice on Bronco Monday. Now, back to Bronco Monday on 670 KBOI. 8.48. He's Rick Worthington filling in for Chris Walton today. Mike Casper here and the voice of the Broncos, Bob Beeler, with us again. Guys had a chance to visit with uh, Coach Rice after the game, picked some of the highlights up and the first one is you guys were quick to point out that Saturday's game against UNLV was an offensive show 86 points highest point total that Boise State has scored in a Mountain West Conference game this season and coach talked about the pace of the game yeah that was a high possession game and you know we felt like our our defense gets us through a lot of different things and um, just because the pace was faster, you're like, well, we're getting the good shots in transition, so you don't want to slow them down. And you know, we want to score points. We still do, and we we can show. We showed tonight we can do that still. I think the big thing is that they do they do attack smartly. That they know when they want to push the tempo because they have the athletes to do it. But they also know when they need to grind it and get into a half court game. This team. Very, very smart all season. Uh, you know, you talk about Hamilton, you think down, you look at a guy that goes 8 for 17 and uh, 25 points, but he was only 2 of 8 from 3, so they made it a little bit difficult on him. And a lot of times for UNLV, Hamilton's got to get above 30 for them to win. And Coach talked about defending the best scorer in the league. Trapped him on the ball screens, and, we, you know, we used some quickness to do it. We used Najee, and then Mladen can move his feet like that on any ball screen. So... Uh, I thought Najee gave us a big lift in that second half. He was he was terrific to to help give another another athlete that he, it's tough to go around and tough to shoot over. And Boise State has has really made their success in being really good defensively all season, but maybe even more so has been a tough rebounding team. They out rebounded UNLV, one of the best rebounding teams in the conference by nine. And coach talked about that particular statistic. First thing, I thought it was really, really excellent strategy to miss those free throws on purpose to trade a one for a three, and I think we did that three times. Like, I'll tell you what, that's that's great coaching. Just, hey, miss the free throws so we can just kick out three. But credit to our guys. We, we got a lot, you know, we knew that had to be, that was an important part of this game, and we knew um, they're a great rebounding team. So it was one of those, you know, like we always say about San Diego State, you can't beat them if you can't rebound with them. 
UNLV's become that same kind of team that if you can't compete with them on the glass, you're you're in trouble. And you know that's the like you said, that's the beauty of my guys. They answer the bell. There was no, you know, there was no San Diego State hangover. They weren't just you know, we we got through it. And I'm telling you, that's the beauty of having a mature team like I have. And you look at the numbers, guys rebounding. Nobody had fewer than two. And nobody had more than six, which says that everybody is hitting the glass. And we'll finish up with the last comment. Nevada tomorrow night at Extra Mile Arena. You know, that that's outside stuff. We got one mission. And, and you know, the thing about Nevada, you guys know because you've watched them up close. and perfect. They're still the most talented team. They're going to put it together. We just, we just Not got, Tuesday, right? Yeah, we just got to fight like mad to compete with them i mean they're you know they got two of the best guards in the league their big guys are terrific they they got a really good basketball team and and we know that and and uh, coach didn't really want to get into the idea of you know do you cut the nets down if you win blah 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 but uh you know i, I think a lot more will uh you know they'll think about a lot more if they put nevada in the win column uh on uh, on tuesday night mm-hmm. i i don't know i i think that something is amiss with nevada i don't know if it's chemistry if it's you know they've had injuries or whatever but you know i, I think for them to be sitting at six and ten right now is probably you know they're probably the biggest bust of the season and, yeah. and, and wyoming is easily the biggest surprise i can tell you what nevada fans have to say about it they're upset with coach alford <laughs> really they are upset <laughs> with you have no idea how much heckling nevada fans in Lawler, well, you've probably been to Lawler. I've been Maybe to Lawler, and yeah, they're not. You probably and usually they heckle the, the visiting team, not the home team. Yeah, yeah they, they get after Coach Alford. They don't like what they see right now. But, you know, it, it's funny. When you look at teams from the beginning of the season and the different things kind of change your opinion, you know, I mean, anybody that went to the Bakersfield game when Boise State didn't score 40 points and they fell to, you know, 3-3 three and three, and then they lost the next one in overtime, although there were good signs in the St. Louis game, but but th- through the month of November, this team was three and four. You know, if you had said to somebody heading out of that Bakersfield game, "Hey, no. I've got a crystal ball. No way. This team's going to win twenty of the next twenty-two <laughs> games. They're going to be sitting in first place. They're going to be on the cusp of the top twenty-five, and they're going to be in the NCAA tournament." What do you guys think? I would have bet you ten thousand dollars against it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so things change, and and this team. You know, he mentioned being mature. There, there are technically six seniors on this team. Um, only one cannot come back next year, and that's Kijab, and they're going to be honoring him tomorrow night. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, nobody's made a comment one way or another, but I wouldn't be surprised, guys, if everybody else everybody comes, comes back. back. Uh, mm-hmm. That would be awesome. All right, we'll take one final break. We'll be back. Uh, Bob Beeler with us. We'll look ahead to what's going on the rest of the week. I are allowed to attend this year. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they yeah. are. <laughs> <laughs> and what what better place to go for a weekend? Yeah. I mean, you know, Vegas, not a bad, not a bad spot. And when you get an early game, you get an extra night. Because a lot of times we've played in the night game on Thursday. Very good you point. Know, you know? Yeah. Now, you play a night game on Friday, but, but you, you'll, only, you'll, you'll play the early game on Friday, the earlier game. You know, there's worse places in the middle of March to uh, spend uh, time, darn, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it a shame it's down there? Yeah, it could be yeah. in Laramie, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, all right, Bob, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, we will talk to you uh, again, looks like, next week. And hopefully uh, we will be, knock on wood, talking about a Mountain West championship, regular season championship. Love it. Yep.
Uh, Bob Beeler with us once again. We'll uh, talk to him again coming up tomorrow morning for Bronco Tuesday. Uh, before we leave here, as promised, I told you we were going to have a pair of tickets if you'd like to go to Senior Night. Tomorrow night, a last home game, uh, Extra Mile Arena. Here's your chance to go. Color number 6 at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Once again, caller number 6, you got those tickets. Dial carefully. For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Chris Walton is uh, out today filling in. Rick Worthington, thank you for uh, doing that. Double, I apologize for duty. having to be here. Sorry. <laughs> Um, before we, uh, we were talking a little bit earlier this morning about what's going on in uh, Ukraine and uh, Russia. As you heard in our news report, in case you missed it at the top of the hour, uh, U.S. has now sanctioned uh, Russia's central bank also, um, which basically sets funds, uh, Russia set aside for um, sanction-proofing their economy. You see that Switzerland jumped on board on this as well? Yeah. The I, sanctions? That's, that's the only way it's going to work. I mean, you've got Russia cut off from uh, SWIFT banking, and now uh, U.S. Is, has cut their central banking funds. And like, a, like they mentioned in the report, supposedly that was what Putin was using to sanction-proof their economy, basically, so that when all these sanctions that were put on by, you know, all the allies in the United States, allies um, along with the United States, that they, they would still be able to be sanction-proof. I don't know so if I was, this is going to work I wasn't talking about SWIFT. I was talking about the Swiss, as in Switzerland, no, heard, yeah. who was always neutral in everything, yeah. now is saying, you can't come and get your money here. No, 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 no. Don't store your money here. That's right. Don't. Uh, That's a big deal. So we were talking about about sanctions, and we had a gentleman called uh, earlier this morning. I forgot his name. I apologize. Uh, from Caldwell, um, you know, talking about how he doesn't think sanctions will work. And in, in the time that we've talked to him, you know, in, in a certain way, sanctions don't always work. No. Um, from uh, Newsweek, I, I looked up. Uh, Russia was hit with sanctions following the 2014 annexation of Crimea and the ruble took a tumble then but you can't really say that the sanctions that were took then when they when they took over Crimea actually worked um, according to Newsweek in 170 cases 170 times spanning a, a century of economic measures sanctions were only partially successful 34 percent of the time yeah and it, it, you you can look at one that really close to home, that massive amount of sanctions were put on Cuba, and for fifty years they haven't worked. They no. haven't. They haven't done anything. Now, when I say they well, they they've had an impact. They've had an just impact. Didn't but you they, know their leaders just said doesn't matter. Yeah, that it, it you know it didn't help get the leadership out. Um, it affected the economy. It affected the people who live there massively, but. It didn't change anything that the United States was trying to do. So you could say the sanctions put on Cuba were a huge failure. For, could, 50, for 50 years, they haven't that been argument, taken yes. off. Yeah. I mean, you look at the Cuban economy and you look at the state of, you know, the 1954 Chevrolets that they're still driving around. And you might say, well, it's had some impact. But, yeah, if the leader there decides that your sanctions are not going to affect my decisions, then that's how it's going to be. 
Now, I think the same is true with Russia. I totally understand that sanctions against Cuba are completely different than sanctions against Russia in the fact that you have so many more countries who are putting on sanctions on Cuba or on uh, Russia right now than than did Cuba. I mean, Cuba still had a chance to get yeah some they, of their stuff from other areas, sure. even though economically it really did impact them. Sure, um, but more and more countries now putting sanctions on and, and we saw one of the sanctions you know europe says russian airplanes can no longer fly in our airspace not not we're not talking military airplanes we're talking all commercial jets all planes owned by oligarchs personal aircrafts uh can't fly through european airspace any longer yeah that's a big deal that's a that's a big deal now whether these sanctions will have any effect well, let's be honest. Hard, hard to say. We know that sanctions will have an effect. What we don't know is whether or not those effects are going to be strong enough what we to hope. make yeah. good old Vladdy over there decide he needs to shape up a little bit. And I don't think there are any sanctions that you can impose that would do that. But the bigger problem is this. If it's not sanctions, what are you willing to do? And I don't think anybody, none that I have spoken to, you included, Nathaniel included. Nobody wants to see boots on the ground from the United States military. I have I have a son in the military. I don't want him anywhere near Russia. Um, no, that might not be the case. Um, he may be headed, you know, that direction. He wouldn't be going to Russia. But we've already got troops that have been sent, you know, to other countries outside Ukraine. Well, in, in you know, just to have a, a, a an appearance there, Mike. But we have a bigger problem overall because i agree that troops are not the way to go here but the bigger problem comes down to okay so what's next do you stop with ukraine are you shooting for poland are you trying to reunify the entire continent you know where where do you draw your line in the sand before you do say we'll put troops on the ground yeah. or we're sending in the warplanes we're going to start bombing. Where where do you draw that line in the sand if it's not at Ukraine? And therein lies a very big question. Because I don't think that Biden, I don't think that anybody else wants to see those troops on the ground. But, you know, if you just leave it up to our, our boy there in Russia to stop at Ukraine, I think you're I think that's a big ask. Uh, Marine Bob writes in, uh, sanctions will not work as long as China is willing to help Russia out. You must have noticed how cozy Russia and China have been lately. They are in this together. If Russia succeeds with Ukraine, China can succeed with uh, Taiwan. Your caller this morning was correct on U.S. increasing our oil production. Oil is Russia's lifeline. If we hurt that income, we put them in a box. Oh, good. So now we got to go to war with China and Russia? That's great. <laughs> I don't disagree with Marine Bob, by the way, in this case. I think he's right that China and Russia... Here's a I've question. been playing pretty tight on this. Here's a question that I'll put out. Uh, I'll put out for our listeners this morning. All right, because this would affect you personally that are listening. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. There have been quite a few people over the last week who have either called in or written in and said Idaho, or not just Idaho, but the United States needs to quit purchasing any oil whatsoever from Russia. Russia currently, on a regular basis, supplies over 500,000 barrels of oil to the United States. That is 8% 
of our 37% of oil that is imported into the United States. It's easier said than done. So if you cut that off, you are going to see, at least in the short term, massive increases in oil because you have to replace 530-some-odd barrels, 1,000 barrels of oil a day. You can't ramp up production in the United States that quickly. Are you, this is our question for you to call in this morning, are you willing to say, yes, we need to do that? If this is, if if 30% of the economy, which is some of the estimates that I've heard is supported in Russia by oil, is this something that you would be willing to do and willing, we'll, we'll just out of the air, all right? I don't know how much of an effect, it would have an effect on our gasoline prices in the short term. Are you willing to pay $6.50, $6.50 a gallon for oil? We'll just pick that number in the, in the exchange to stop all oil coming in from Russia. Is that something that you would be willing to do to try to get this stopped? Mm, that's a great question. 336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. We'll take a break. If you want to email, you can also email Mike at KBOI.com. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Been so far with airstrikes across the country and Russian troops invading from three sides. It's believed that less than half the Russian troops massed at the border have actually crossed it. Most Russian air power has still not been unleashed. This is poised to get worse and to get bloodier. The Ukrainians have said they've turned aside some Russian advances, but they've also sustained dozens of early casualties and lost critical ground close to the capital. Already, the airspace over Ukraine has been cleared until Wednesday night. Non-U.S. airlines are making regular trips in and out of Kiev, but now the FAA is prohibiting U.S. airliners from operating not only over Ukraine, but also over Belarus and parts of western Russia. That area of Europe is normally busy with air traffic flying overhead. It does not apply to military operations. It's mainly to avoid planes carrying passengers and cargo from being in danger. Alex Stone, EBC News. 919 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Do you care? Put that out just before we went to break. Uh, a lot of people are saying that, hey, we get, we get uh, over 500,000 barrels of oil from Russia every day. If you want to help to cripple, it's like the U.S., along with other European allies, should just stop buying all oil. Biden said he's not going to do that because that would hurt Americans just as much as it would hurt Russians. I think that's true, though. Yeah, I do, I do too. So that's my question. You know, with everybody saying that sanctions don't work, you know, would you be willing in the short term, as the U.S. would ramp up our oil production, you know, Alaska, Texas, oil oh, shales, wait a minute. open up some of those. I'm just... It goes, it goes against Mike, everything Biden is for. It goes against the entire... Democratic Party. Yeah. Look, do you really think that Joe Biden is going to say, okay, we're going to quit buying all Russian oil, all oil from Russia. We're going to quit buying that, and we're going to ramp up American production. We're going to open up Alaska. We're going to start hitting the shale. We're going to take all those, all that red tape. We're going to wipe it out so that we're going to just, we're going to make oil like crazy in America. Do you think, really, anyone in the Democratic Party would actually go for that? The smart ones, maybe. Better idea. I'm just 
their idea on this. It's better to pay six, seven, eight bucks per gallon than to actually open up drilling in other places. That's that will be their mentality, right? Which would be that. which would be stupid. Because well, if you, if I'm the not United in favor States, of it, but if, I'm just saying, do you really think that's what will happen? Get ready for gas prices to hike. Get and, ready. In the short term, if you if you cut off oil from Russia, they would have to hike in the short term. And that's yeah. why that's why I just picked. I picked a number. Would you be willing to trade, you know, a, a huge bullet against Russia? Because 30% of their economy is is from oil. If we shut off all oil, buying oil from Russia... And in in response to that, our oil prices would rise to six oh, yeah. six dollars and fifty cents a gallon. Would and then you China probably comes with their hand out and says, "Oh, we'll take it. We'll take that oil. We but, got places where you can use that. Why don't you sell that oil to us?" But oil, I mean, they have a lot of oil already in China. Sure, I mean, they do. so would they would they just help them out and and pay money for nothing when they don't need to? I don't know the answer to that. I'm just saying it looks like China and Russia are pretty cozy in this right now. So our question is: In the short term, would you be willing? to trade shutting off all oil from Russia in exchange for having to pay $6.50 a gallon in gas. I just picked that number. I'm not saying that's what would happen. That's where the gas prices would go. Uh, I'm just saying, would would you be willing to uh, trade that? Robin writes in, uh, Mike, shutting down the uh, pipeline was a huge mistake. We need to be energy independent. My hope is the Keystone Pipeline in our own country can, can come back so we can begin to build our reserves with our own stuff. Does that help us at this point? Nope. We may uh, help in the future. A coworker asked me if I would be willing to pay $10 in gas if the U.S. was completely energy independent forever. Maybe, but if we provided our own gas, why would it be so expensive? Um, your thoughts? I don't. I don't know. Um, you know, we still we still are a huge exporter of uh, energy. One of the biggest oil exporters in the world and for two years in 2019 and 2020 we exported more oil than we imported not the case you know as of right now eventually you you see the change already you see um already rick you're you're part of it there are a lot of people who are switching over you've seen you know ford has had to shut down um orders for their f1 electric pickup because they're at least two years out from being mm-hmm. able to deliver them. Yeah. You know, you have a lot of people that are saying, all right, fine, we'll do our part. We'll start to get either, you know, hybrids like you or full-on electric vehicles like a lot of uh, companies are starting to put out. Yeah, I mean, I I looked at that very seriously when I, I bought my new truck. I wanted a truck. Yeah. I just didn't want to have, you know, to depend 12, on 13 just, miles a gallon. Right. So, yeah, I, I looked at the hybrid as a you know bona fide way to not have to pay so much monthly in gasoline and yeah i'd like to do my part too but more than anything i'd like to not have to charge my vehicle up every 200 miles that's that's you know? the problem yeah i don't I have would, to worry about that with a hybrid personally i would not mind having an electric vehicle except for the fact that yeah. i don't want to have to charge it up every two to three hundred miles and i don't want to sit there and have to take six hours or eight hours for it to charge up or to super fast or even take a half an hour yeah. to, ch- to charge it up. If you, if they can fix those problems, then I would look into it. hybrid 
not I don't have work a problem for with me. Hybrid. Yeah, uh, I'm going to sit here and watch how things go with your hybrid, and then uh, that's something I may well, I finally say, you know what, I'm, I may look. Into I'm it. between twenty and twenty four miles a gallon. That's in what my I get with full my size V6. F one fifty. Yeah, that's what I get with my V six on the highway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Steve in Napa. Good morning. You're on Newstalk KBOI. Hello, Steve. Hello. Hello. Yellow. Good morning. <laughs> how you doing? Good. How are you? Good. What do you want to talk about? Well, you guys asked the question about whether we'd be willing to pay the higher prices if we use our own gas. But from what I'm understanding is Russia's talking about raising it $100 a barrel when we apply the sanctions. Well, it's, so it's we're already be paying higher gas prices in the first place. It already hit $100 a barrel last week. Yeah, so they're going to be raising, our gas prices are going to be raising here in the United States. Why not do it anyways? Because the gas prices are going to go up. So you're in favor. You would, making our own. you would be okay in the in the short term, six dollars and fifty cents a gallon to shut off all oil from Russia. Correct. Okay. One one in the yes column. Thank you for the call, Stephen. Appreciate it. I think it's going to be those types of difficult choices that people have to make. What do you want to support? Yeah, I, I mean, would you be you're would you be at, willing to do? Here's here's the one that Americans will not go for. Not driving a vehicle and taking public transportation. Well, you have places like here, you couldn't even do that. That's right. It's not available. It's not available. I mean, there are cities where you could do that. In Europe, they're, they're much wait infrastructure. Wait until gas is 8 bucks a gallon and wait and see what people say. Infrastructure in Europe is much more able to support public transportation. If you've talked to people who have visited Europe, um, very few people own cars in, in a lot of places in Europe because public transportation has been built up and the infrastructure is there for people to use public transportation. I'll let and you, uh... on top of that, gasoline is you know 2 to $4 a gallon more expensive in a lot of European countries than it is here in the United States. My Christmas present this year um, was an electric scooter. I mean, the kind like the, the Spark or the... Oh, the, like they rent that out you, that you see all over town, right? Just like that. And you haven't killed yourself yet? Not quite. Wow. I mean, I've taken a, no lie. I've taken a <laughs> fall, <laughs> but I mean, I can go twenty, twenty four miles an hour on that little thing. I can get on the green belt not far from my home, drive almost all the way here on one charge. How have I mean, you charge it how up have while I'm you here? Not killed yourself? If that thing goes twenty four miles an hour. I'm just saying it's possible. You know. <laughs> I really should invest in a helmet. <laughs> you, that was without a helmet? You're riding without a helmet? Yeah, Rick Worthington, you should be ashamed of yourself. My mother is not very happy with yeah, me. I'm That's all have I'm have saying. have a talk with her. We'll take a break. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Before long, buddy. Once again, would uh, love to hear from you. Um, we've got one yes. We're shutting off Russian oil in exchange for the short-term gasoline being $6.50 a gallon. Would you? Would you be willing to put up with that? That's our question today uh, in our unscientific poll. We'll take a break. News at the uh, bottom of the hour, and then uh, we'll be back with your phone calls and emails right after that. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 9.34. Hey, don't forget, we still have tickets to give away. Black Crows coming up in August. You can win those tickets here before 10 o'clock. Be ready to call 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless when you give that cue to call. Don't call now. It's coming up sometime within the next 25 
minutes. Patrick Caldwell, good morning. Thanks for being patient. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning to you. Good morning. How are you guys? Good. So I'm trying to reconcile the numbers. You said that the Russians' oil to us is 8% of our imports or no. 8% of our 38% foreign imports? 8% of our foreign imports, or 37% of our foreign imports. Okay, so that would be, quick math, about 25 to 3% of our total. Oh, nobody said anything about math on this show today, Mike Casper. <laughs> so, well, yeah, but you guys threw out numbers, and I have to do math. Right. So, yeah. I'm just trying to reconcile, how does a 2 or 2.5% decrease in our supply equate to a 100% increase in price? That's a great question. Well, uh, I mean, it doesn't seem like it would be that much of a stretch for us to turn something on here that would make up for 2.5%. The problem is, there, and that's why I said short term. Because the problem is, you're right. There, there's a way to cover the part of you know that we would lose if we just quit buying Russian oil altogether. It would really work if all of our allies would do the same thing. But just if we did it, there, there's no magic button. There's no spigot where you know Biden can just send somebody out and turn on a spigot that would cover 500 thousand barrels of oil a day that we currently import from Russia. And here's the other thing. Actually, so there is. There, but where, they're not going to do where that. Is where is it? Where's that spigot? We that have a strategic oil reserve that's just capped off wells that could be turned on immediately. Right, and he's u- he's using that already. He's already using that. Okay, but not all of it. So we we all know he's not using all of it. That's that's a fact. Would you want our so strategic? Use, well, hang on, hang on. You can use more of it in the short term to keep the price down. And then ramp up production to refill, to to cover the increase that we need, and refill the strategic reserve. I I understand what you're saying 100%. I think the likelihood of Joe Biden saying, yes, we can increase oil production, is slim. I think that Democrats in general would say, we're not doing that. Well, your question, okay, I I get it, but your question was what I tolerate 650 a gallon to not import oil from Russia. You're saying my that that price is, is just that that's not my realistic. The answer is no because we have so many different ways we can not have that increase. And the only reason we would have the increase is so somebody could profiteer on misery. There's no reason for an increase if we cut off oil from Russia. We have plenty of oil to make up that difference, short-term and long-term. Yeah, I, possibly. You, you could be right. I mean, we have about 580 million barrels as of February 22nd in our oil reserve. It's about 82% of its maximum storage space. So, you know, if, we, if, if Russia cuts off 500... If that's 550,000 barrels a day, you could go for quite a while of just releasing that much to balance out the oil that rushes it would be cut off. That's a good point. Thank you, Steve. Or Patrick, rather. Uh, Steve in Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Good morning, guys. You guys know what a bully is, don't you? Um, Mike Casper is. Putin's a bully. Well, 
Okay, now, now, just just imagine this scenario. Let's say Russia's a bully because they've incurred on the neighbors. Who's going to stop them with sanctions? Uh, go to your room, uh, Johnny. We're not going to put up with this. Johnny goes to his room, opens the window, and goes out the door. Okay, that, this is what happens with a bully. What stops a bully from bullying? When the guy that he's bullying fights back and snaps him so hard that it hurts. What are you proposing? Well, you know what? I don't like and that all sounds really good. It, it really is. sounds very it tough. Does. But unless you're it telling does. me that you're willing to put troops on the ground or send in the warplanes, I don't need to hear that comparison. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. This, the sanctions are, are like uh, sending Johnny to his room. The sanctions may work long term, but it's like just, you know, slapping him on the wrist. It doesn't hurt him. And that, that's, what, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to deal with the bully. And, you know, tough guys talk tough, and tough guys work tough. And so you've got to be able to stand up to people like that. And, you know, it, it doesn't affect us now, but, you know, our economy, we, should, we had this oil thing figured out until Biden got into office and started shutting down and reversing everything that Trump had done to, gotta, to get us oil independent. And, you know, I, I don't really want to spend a lot more money on gas, but I guess I will because I do have a car and I do drive it. And uh, So when you say stand up to know, a bull, I mean, Rick had a good question. I mean, what, what do you do? Because And here's, well, a th- here's the thing, too, Steve, just to let you know. Um, my wife had a chance to listen to former Secretary of State Mom, Mike Pompeo last week, and he said the exact same thing as you did. Just just the exact same thing. He said, Putin is a bully. And he said, if you don't stand up to a bully, they will keep doing what they're doing until somebody finally has to stand up to them. Well, and that, that's what that's what drew us into World War One, World War Two, and yeah, it that's drew us into World War Three. Awesome. And so, you know, that's what I'm saying is that our leaders need to be they need to act tough and they need to be able to back it up. You know, Reagan with his peace, uh, peace through strength had the right idea. And I, I think what we've got now, we don't have the strength in our leadership now because, quite frankly, I don't think Biden is is really the one pulling the strings. Well, on, honestly, I don't think we have the economy to do that either. I mean, it well, sure happened at a time where we're that. struggling financially. Yeah, and and that's why, you know, when Trump said, you know, let's let's make America great again. You know, we've, we've outsourced all of our jobs to, uh, you know, cheaper labor in foreign markets. And then we, we spend money to ship our resources over there. And then we spend money to bring them back. Are, are we really helping America? You know, are we really making ourselves strong? That's, that's what I'm concerned with is keeping this country, uh, you know, alive and fruitful for our next generation of kids. You know, we've, we've done all right, or I'm doing okay. And, you know, that's the way economies work. You know, if, if you continue to grow and build, then everybody uh, in the country uh, prospers. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's like, you know, we're not a third world country. You know, that's the term we use for people like, you know, the other countries that don't have what we have. But, uh, you know, we've got to stay strong as a country. Thank you for the call, Steve. Appreciate the thoughts. You bet. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, Brandon writes in, Mike, at KBOI.com. Not sure where you get uh, 8%. It's only 3%, and we can make that up with Canadian and uh, Latin 
Mary, uh, America, Latin America countries. Um, Steve, you may be looking, or uh, Brandon, you may be looking at past, like 2019, 2020, according to uh, source, uh, source here, U.S. Energy uh, Department, that in 2021, the U.S. imported 8% of their oil, of our imported oil, from Russia. That was in 2021. Now, it was much, much less in 2020, much less in 2019, but we have basically tripled our imports from Russia since uh, 2017. So that's where the 8% comes from. It comes from the U.S. Energy Department. But thanks for the question. There you go. Bob Nampa, good morning. You're on Newstalk KBOI. Oh, is that me? Yes. I didn't, I didn't hear the name. There was a beep going on. <laughs> you were talking about electric cars a little while ago. Uh, I own an electric car. That a boy. And, uh, pardon me? I said that a boy. <laughs> well, maybe yes, maybe no. Because uh, a lot of people don't know that when you buy an electric car in Idaho and go to register it, you pay your normal registration fees like you would on any car, plus... $140 a year to make up for the gasoline tax you're not paying. Mm-hmm. Um, That's also one of the things I, I tried to avoid by buying a hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> I still have to pay gas, you know? Well, I understand. I, I use the roads. I cause a little bit of wear and tear with that little car. But uh, I wrote my legislators and asked, how did you arrive at that figure? Two of them didn't pay me the courtesy of a response. When is election day again? Uh, And the third one um, offered the formula they used to come up with $140. And it's based on driving the car 10,000 miles a year, which I don't. I might put 3,000 on it. So I've written again and haven't heard back from my legislator. Um, I think it ought to be a a graduated penalty um, because I don't drive 10,000. And I think most people don't because an electric car isn't practical for a road trip. That that answers one of my questions right there. I was going to ask, I go, how how great has this car been? Um, How long have you had it? Two years. Two years. Um, Would you, today... All things being equal, would you would you buy it again? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Now, my my other question um, is: It sounds like this is not your only car because if you're not able true. to take long trips with it, you have to have two cars. True. I can't so afford two cars. You want to go to Salt Lake City, um, five hundred miles. Your car gets two forty, so you've got to stop and recharge. And that makes a trip to Salt Lake City a two or maybe three day trip <laughs> each way. All right. Um, yeah, that and that's exactly. Thank you for the call. And thank you for the thoughts there, Bob. Much appreciated. Um, sure. That was that was kind of what I, I mentioned a little bit earlier. I want to see people like Bob and mm-hmm. and people that are willing to buy this. You know, because if it sounds like it's if it sounds like you still have to have two cars, you have to have one to drive around town that you're going to pay twenty or thirty thousand dollars or more. For and then another one. If you want to take trips, you're going to have to pay twenty, thirty, or forty thousand dollars or more. You're, you're you, you kind of take away the you know the advantages of having an electric car when you have to buy two cars to replace just one car. 
If they can get that fixed, whereas he just mentioned, it doesn't take you two days to drive to Utah. That's right. That's right. If they can get that fixed, where it takes you just as long, and say you need a fill up on on your battery, you need to recharge it, and it only takes you know two, three, five minutes at the at the most. You know, th- then I think you you'd see people more people buying into electric cars. Until that happens, I, I just unless they can fix that, I just don't. I don't see me and well, again, other people like me wanting to buy. Cars. So I can I can do in uh, I mean it sounds like I'm I'm giving my I'm giving Ford a huge endorsement here. The truck that I bought I can go 700 and some miles on one tank of gas if I utilize right. the see now that's the effectiveness good. That's... of my you know electric portion of the engine correctly. Yeah. But it doesn't really work like that if you're just going on long-distance trips. Because if I accelerate to 65 miles, 70 miles an hour, the electric part doesn't really kick in. It's for more driving around town when I'm doing, you know, 25, 30 miles an hour going to school and back. Or with the girls, I mean. When I take them to school and back, that's how that works. All right, uh, before we go to break, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Promise we're going to have uh, Black Crow's concert tickets for you. Now's your chance to call. Caller number six, you have the tickets. August concert, once again, Outlaw Field. Dial carefully. Good luck. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Congratulations to Paul Plord. Paul was calling number six, picked up our tickets to the Black Crows. Congratulations. It'll be a good show. Excuse me. Bless um, you. Bless you. We've got more tickets all this week. Uh, we'll be giving them away. So keep listening to News Talk KBOI for your chances to uh, win those. Uh, Beth writes in, I'm old and my old brain says Biden closed our oil down to make u- us use electric cars. How is he going to produce all that electricity? Um, I don't know. Okay. Curtis writes in, let's hope China doesn't jump in because America is so dependent on China, i.e. Apple, etc. America would be in a world of hurt. However, the flip side of that is China would also be in a world of hurt because China exports um, one of the largest exporting countries that they export their stuff to is the United States. So, I mean, that would be cutting off your nose to spite your face. And in addition to that, China is also one of the biggest purchasers of debt, United States debt. Yeah. How would you like to not get paid? You've loaned the United States all this money and not to get paid back that much. That wouldn't be a good thing for China either. No, so, it wouldn't be I mean, awesome. There's mutual there's destruction a lot of there doing something like Look, that. China has one thing down pretty clear, though. War is bad for business. Yep. And China right now is all about business. It's worked really, really well for them. I mean, the ability to rebuild their economy, you know, based on uh, United States uh, intellectual properties has been pretty good. It's worked well for them. Text message in uh, 208-336-3700. Sad we left all our military equipment in Afghanistan. We could be sending all of that to fight against a bully instead of having it used against us someday. You're not wrong. Not wrong. Uh, Roman writes in, I immigrated to the United States from Ukraine when I was nine years old in 1988. There are many times where the best thing to do is nothing. 
I encourage your listeners to look up the Monroe Doctrine and do a quick Google search of all the U.S. bases in the world and how the U.S. has acquired these pieces of land. Then they may understand a little bit of why the evil Putin is so scared for uh, his country. That's from Roman. You know, one of the stories we, we didn't mention, you and I talked about it off air, one of the, uh, one of the great stories uh, over the weekend was uh, Ukraine Island that was attacked <laughs> by the Russian Navy, about. by the Russian Navy, and they uh, asked the uh, military Ukraine military personnel who were there to surrender, and uh, they told the Russian Navy to go f themselves. Yeah, <laughs> there was some belief that after they got told that that Russian warship, go, you know what, <laughs> yourself. They they did. Uh, That's pretty terrific. Um, you know, bomb the uh, island, but supposedly they they said that they think, I think that, that all was those my military, favorite story of the weekend. Yeah. That they're still alive, so keep your fingers crossed, because that's awesome. Go yourself. <laughs> Thanks for filling in today. Uh, appreciate it, Rick. I think Walton's back tomorrow. Chris will be back tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, thank you very much. We're on a 20-hour break. Have yourself a great day.